Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Broncos country, it's official, official. Just signed, man. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Uh, what a great tradition. Uh, all this newness, too. We're going to have a lot of fun. We've got amazing teams. Broncos country, baby. Let's ride. And let's ride. And uh, go Broncos, let's ride. Thank you, guys. Let's ride. Go Broncos, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson, have a fun year. Thanks, Let's ride. I remember the day that Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos. I posed the question, what will be his new standard ubiquitous sign-off now that GoHawks has been retired? And we've seen it, we've heard it over and over and over again. Let's ride. That's been Peter King's calling card ever since he was last on the program. He's been all over the place, and now he's back. Peter, it is great to have you back on the program for the first Friday of many to come in the 2022 season. As Uncle Leo would say, hello. 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 Mike, I, I, I have to tell you, the Russell Wilson thing, when he said let's ride when we were finishing up in Denver, I said, what did he just say? I, I didn't know what that was. And I didn't even know at the time that that was his calling card. And I found that out later in the day when I watched the video and I said, what did he say? Let's ride. Okay. I, I don't know. But, the, you know, look, the one thing about his signing is that, and this is the overriding thought I had when I left training camp, is why would the Broncos wait? It's only going to get more expensive, you know, if they wait until next off season. And if they make a deep playoff run, Instead of costing them forty seven hundred or forty seven million a year or whatever the number is going to be, it's going to cost them sixty. You know, these are really smart business people who bought the team, and I thought this was a very smart business deal that they made. Not just in the number, but in the fact that they continued to show 
to the rest of the league that the Deshaun Watson contract is an outlier. And we'll be breaking that contract down. Not Watson, but Wilson from every angle over the course of the next half hour or so. Before that, we say hello to the audience on Peacock, Sirius XM85, our good friends in the UK and in Ireland who are enjoying the program or otherwise on Sky Sports and the podcast audience, wherever, whenever, however they may be. The show's PFT Live. And again, it's great to have Peter King back. You, you make an excellent point right out of the gates, though, on the timing, because the price was only going to go up. Now, the counter to that is what if he stinks this year? What if he gets injured this year? But you know what? They've already made the commitment. They've already put themselves in position where they're going to have to open up the Walmart vault for this guy. You're not going to get Mark Rogers, his agent, to say, oh, okay, I'll only take $35 million if for some reason Russell Wilson doesn't have a great first year because there could be plenty of reasons other than him for it. So you're going to step into a big contract either way. The sooner you do it as a team – the better off you are. And we tell teams that all the time. Don't wait. The longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. It always gets more expensive. It rarely gets less expensive. Do it now if you can afford it. And we know that this ownership group can, Peter. Hey, look, the other part of it, Mike, is so, and again, look, I do not mean in any way to be some sort of Wilson apologist or Wilson hooray, all that stuff. But Everybody says, man, Wilson, he really declined last year. Boy, I'll tell you what. Let me just ask you this question, all right? If you're completing 65%, if in a down year you're plus 19 touchdown to interception ratio, if in a down year your rating is higher than your career average, yes, and and I do value, I, I really do, I value that uh, the QBR thing that ESPN does, because it is it is more valid than the passer rating. And, and I totally get that. But the passer rating is not absolutely insignificant. It's part of the formula. And I guess what I would say is, if that's a bad year, then, uh, you know, about 15 quarterbacks in the league would sign up for that. So I think even if he doesn't play to like his, whatever you'd call it, maybe your 2015 or 2016 standard, or even the 2020 standard, I, I I wouldn't be all that concerned. Russell Wilson is just a different person. And he's a different bird when it comes to keeping himself in shape and making sure, look, can you, I, I'm just telling you, when I left there, Mike, and I saw the way Russell Wilson had thrown himself into this. And look, a lot of coaches, I had one very prominent coach say, man, I don't like that. When I asked him about, hey, what about Russell Wilson on the morning of practice, okay? That he has his he has his skill players come into practice an hour early and they all just go out and they have their own walkthrough with no coaches there, it's only Russell. And so a lot of coaches will say, geez, I don't like that. I, you know, I want one message for everybody. I want coaches to be on hand. But Nathaniel Hackett signed up for it. Uh, the Broncos co- offensive coaches signed up for it. And all of the wide receivers and tight ends 
were coming in an hour early and going out and doing stuff with Russ, Russell. And, and that, at that time, Nathaniel Hackett said, hey, listen, players have to own this offense, and I'm okay with it. We'll see how that goes, but I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be good. That's all. Two points. Two points. First, last year was an aberration for one very big reason. He had the finger injury that he suffered on the Thursday night against the Rams, and he came back too quickly Back from too it. early. Yeah. And just like Kyler Murray had the ankle affect him, I believe, for the rest of the season, the finger affected Mr. Unlimited. It limited Mr. Unlimited for the rest of the year. And that factors into, I think, his final performance. Second point, Peter, and this is the big point that can easily be overlooked. This is a dramatic transition for Russell Wilson from the standpoint of how he will be used. One of the big reasons he's no longer with the Seahawks is that the Seahawks always viewed him as a piece of the puzzle, not as the puzzle. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, the player through whom everything flows. Not just a cog in the wheel or the machine. God, it's not even a Sims day. I, I, I pay honor to Sims when he's not here and start twisting up metaphors. He doesn't want to be a piece of a bigger machine. He wants to be the engine. He wants to be the guy. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out whether or not it works. A couple of years ago, the whole let Russ cook thing was about trying to do that. The problem is they didn't stay ahead of the defenses. They caught up with them. It all Remember, he had such a spectacular start to the season, but they didn't pivot. They didn't adjust. Sims was all over that. They weren't changing up anything based upon what they'd put on film, and it was, hard, it was easier for defenses to, to shut them down. This is the challenge, the reality, the fascination for me, Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos. How will he fare as the guy who stirs the drink? That's who he's going to be. And it's either going to work or it's not. But he's believed for years that will work, and the Seahawks haven't let him do it. The Broncos are building the offense around him, and he's putting in the work. That's good. He's taking full ownership of it, but we won't know whether or not it actually works until we start playing the games, especially after there are enough games on tape that defenses start having enough where they can more adequately play the chess match with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the rest of the Broncos' offense, Peter. Look, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, comes from Green Bay. When he left Green Bay, there was, look, the entire offensive staff left. You know, Luke Getze left to go to Chicago, obviously. I I think that there was, I'm not even saying a period of mourning by Aaron Rodgers because he understands this is the way life goes. Plus, you know, he gets Tom Clements back and he always loved Tom Clements as a you know, a personal coach, uh, you know, or position coach. But I think the one thing about Nathaniel Hackett is that he is relentlessly a self-scouter. And if they play uh, Seattle in the first game of the year and five things don't work, you know, they will be back in the office on Wednesday morning, Russell Wilson will be, and 
he will be trying to figure out why those things didn't work and should we throw those out and try X, Y, and Z. So I think that he's going to be a good match with Nathaniel Hackett because Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm not saying he's married to nothing, he's married to innovation, quite honestly. And I think that's all that Russell Wilson wanted. Yeah, he wanted some control. He wanted some sense of, listen, this has to be a marriage that works for everybody. And most of the time in Seattle, he didn't think it was a marriage that worked for everybody. So I do think in that way, with Nathaniel Hackett and with this coaching staff, Russell Wilson is going to feel more uh, a pride of ownership, a little bit of a pride of authorship to this. And I think it will motivate him to make sure that this doesn't go off the tracks. The ultimate football question, in my view, and Chris Sims has had Russell Wilson gradually fall in his quarterback rankings over the past few years, not necessarily because of Wilson, but because there's so many great young quarterbacks who have jumped him. I have noticed one thing about Wilson that I'm going to be very curious about as it relates to his mobility, because the best quarterbacks now can take a bad play and run it into a good play primarily by buying time behind the line of scrimmage. We see Mahomes do it. We see Rodgers do it. We see Josh Allen do it. We see so many young quarterbacks, and in Rodgers' case, old quarterbacks, have that ability to extend a play and give a receiver more of a chance to get open and make something happen. I've noticed the past couple of years, specifically last year, that Wilson doesn't seem to have that same explosion and burst. You know, he's a little thick. He hides it. He carries it well. But he's 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 got a he's got a pretty thick midsection on him now. And I don't know whether he's lost a step or two or everyone else is a step faster than him. But that's going to be a big part of how this works or doesn't, because not every play that you call is going to go off perfectly. There's going to be plays that get stymied by the defense. And what happens? Do you go Kirk Cousins and just collapse and fall? When the walls close in, or can you buy time with your feet? We saw some clips of him running around at practice, but I want to see at game speed, does he have that little bit of extra edge, that little bit that makes a difference, that allows you to run away from the front seven or any blitzing defensive backs just long enough to get the ball to one of your receivers? That's going to be a key piece in whether or not this works, Peter. Well, Last year, even though he did miss, whatever, three games last year, Mike, it was the fewest amount of rushing slash scrambling yards per game uh, that he's had in his career. And so I would expect that to go up, maybe not drastically. I mean, there was a time when Russell Wilson would rush for 50 yards a game or whatever. He had that one year where he... He literally had eight or 900 yards rushing, but I don't see him coming back to that, but I definitely see him. Here's the one question, Mike, and I asked this to to Nathaniel Hackett out there in Denver. The question that I think is really significant is, will Russell Wilson become a quicker decision maker in this offense than he was at times in Seattle. And by that, I mean, how many plays where 
Wilson is out of the pocket, scrambling around, trying to make a play last until he finds a perfect solution. And in the NFL today, you know, the pass rushers are so quick and they get on you so fast that you really need to say, listen, I'll just do the check down to the back. I will hit Alfred O, the tight end whose name I can never pronounce. I will hit him, you know, on a shorter intermediate route. Okay, those are the type of things that Nathaniel Hackett really wants out of Russell Wilson. He doesn't want the circus scrambles anymore. You know, the old Fran Tarkenton scrambles. And I think that's going to be a real test. You know, the average time for him to get rid of the ball has to be lower than what it was this last couple of years in Seattle. And that's going to be the fun thing to watch because we see Patrick Mahomes do the Fran Tarkenton scrambles and they work because Mahomes stays just a step ahead of the pressure and eventually has somebody pop open and gets the football to them. So you don't want to overdo it, but you also don't want to give up on a play too early. You want to use your feet to extend it. But again, fascinating from a football standpoint, what Russell Wilson will be in the Broncos offense, what the Broncos offense will be with him. And once we get into mid-October, late October, and there's enough film out there, will the offense improve or will it regress because the defense will be able to try to counter it, and it's going to be part of this self-scouting, chess match, film study, study your own film, and really work out ways to to stay ahead of that defense in a very difficult conference and a very difficult division. It ended up not being a difficult negotiation, although I remember in 2019 there was an artificial deadline set, start of the offseason program for Russell Wilson's Last contract with the Seahawks. Here's George Payton, the Broncos GM from yesterday. It's pretty clear that there was an artificial deadline, presumably week one or the practice week in advance of the Seahawks game that was put in place to get this contract done. Have a listen to George Payton. I did feel pressure. It came down to the wire last night. We had a deadline. And, uh, you know, I felt we would figure it out, but you'd never know. You know, we've never done a deal together. And then Mark's tough. Mark's tough. And uh, Rich is tough. So you're like, how's this going to work? You know, and him and I kept talking, but we're not, you know, we're like, you know, we, we could have done the deal together. But we had two tough negotiators. And so I, I went home last night. And, uh, you know, it was like 1130 and I hadn't heard anything. And, and I fell asleep because, you know, a couple nights ago we had the, the wire, you know, the cut. Uh, uh, the waiver wire was out, and we were up all night. So I, I fell asleep, and then uh, the phone rang. I don't know what time, uh, maybe 11.45, and, and it, it was a FaceTime. It was Russ and Sierra, and uh, I couldn't figure out the phone, so I lost them. And I was like, were they going to ask for more money? What are they doing? And uh, so they called again. I answered, and, and uh, it was one of the best calls, phone calls uh, I've ever received, you know, to see uh, Sierra and, and Russ, and even Mark was on the call. And uh, pretty cool stuff, you know, and, and uh, I'll remember that. You know, that's a, the best deal and, and the, the best I felt after a deal. Mark is Mark Rogers, the agent for Russell Wilson. Rich, who was mentioned earlier in the clip, is Rich Hurtado, a former agent who is the negotiator with the Broncos. And it came down to Rich Hurtado and Mark Rogers battling it out. And it sounds like the deadline, Peter, was Wednesday night at midnight Mountain Time. He said we came right down to it. So 
They were there. And deadlines do spur action. Artificial deadlines don't always work. They made that artificial deadline work. And my guess is if they hadn't gotten it done, that's it. No contract this year. We'll see you after the season. And to your point earlier, it was only going to get more expensive after the season. You know, I think at the end of the day, when you look at this contract, five years, $245 million, not nearly all of it guaranteed fully, which, as you said, and we need to talk about that some more, does tip the scales further toward the owners as it relates to this question of how much guarantee will be in quarterback contracts. But I think it came down to they made Russell Wilson an offer he wouldn't refuse. That, you know, there's what you want if everything's perfect, and then there's what you get and what you take because you can't say no to it. It it makes him the second highest paid player in the NFL, just a little bit behind Aaron Rodgers in new money. And yes, it's a seven year commitment. And yes, from signing it's forty two point two million. And yes, there's a chance it's going to be rendered obsolete in three or four years. I, I see so many of these quarterbacks, Peter, who do the long term deals now and they just assume they'll take care of me when everything goes out of whack with the market. And we'll see if that happens because Patrick Mahomes is getting close to the point where they need to take care of him again. He is slipping farther and farther down the list, and it's becoming conspicuous already just a couple of years after he did his deal. Will the Cardinals do that with Kyler Murray if it happens? Will the Broncos do it with Russell Wilson if it happens? That's part of the the gamble that Russell Wilson is taking, but there's a certain confidence that the player has in knowing that the team will do it because you don't want your franchise quarterback to be pissed off. So... You make a long-term commitment. You get $160 million fully guaranteed as a practical matter at signing. The real guarantee is less than that, but as a practical matter, it's $161 million over four years. And if further contracts make it look bad in comparison, Russell Wilson, I think, is confident the Broncos will rip up this one and give him another one. Mike, there's two things about just the, the way the contract went that – really struck me. Number one was the simple fact that in quarterback contractology, the the number that has come to matter the most, honestly, is the guaranteed money for a very simple reason. And look, these people are not cutting Russell Wilson. Even if there were two disastrous years, he's not getting cut. Okay. So you know, the guaranteed money to me is shouldn't be as much of a factor, you know, that it has become with quarterbacks, especially like, you know, when when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign their contracts, nobody is going to be saying, gee, I hope they got a lot of guaranteed money because Mike Brown could cut Joe Burrow in two years. Are you out of your mind? I mean, it's that's not going to happen. And I think it's the same thing with Wilson. But the point is, I believe that the Broncos had to draw a line in the sand at some point about the guaranteed money in this contract. And they said, look, you know we're not cutting this guy, but you also know that we're not going to do a Jimmy Haslam. And we're not even going to come close to Jimmy Haslam. And if it comes down to that, okay, then play the year. I believe that was part of the line drawn in the sand, the guaranteed money. Um, And I think the one other thing about this, Mike, is that I think 
even though Mark Rogers will always wear the black hat in Seattle, you know, from the organization and from fans who think that, you know, that he helped drive Russell Wilson out of town. He'll always wear the, he is a pragmatist. He is not a hostage taker. (laughs) You know, that's my experience watching him operate over the years. I think he knows how to make a deal, even though deals with him are difficult to get sometimes. But to me, I think both the guarantee and the fact that Denver had to know that they had an agent to work with who was going to be really tough because Mark Rogers is tough. But he's also not going to say, okay, throw this all out the window. It was clear when it was done that Russell Wilson wanted this done now. And they got it done now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, and I think part of the problem in Seattle was the Seahawks made the process of getting Russell Wilson paid as difficult as pulling teeth. So Mark Rogers decided, fine, give me some pliers and I'll start pulling some teeth if that's what it's going to be. Both times he got a contract, it was entering the final year of his prior one. So there's an enhanced urgency and this sense that the Seahawks deliberately dragged their feet and waited too long. And now the pressure is on everyone to get this done. If the Broncos are willing to be reasonable and come to the table and put a package out there that Russell Wilson couldn't say no to, then Mark Rogers isn't going to to be as aggressive as he was in Seattle. If you feel like the person you're negotiating with is being fair and reasonable and is ready to move and not twisting it all up into something that is taking way too long and causing a lot of stress and frustration for everyone involved, you have a more reasonable, you have a more peaceful process of working things out. I think that's where that flows from fundamentally. And the point about guaranteed contracts, I'm glad you made that because Sims and I have danced around this from time to time, but I don't know that I've ever really said it as plainly and clearly as I want to. For true franchise quarterbacks, it doesn't matter if the contract's guaranteed because they're not leaving. They they are getting every penny of that contract. The only guy, the only guy that I think needs to worry about it is Lamar Jackson, who is apparently worried about it. Because if you suddenly can't, because of an accumulation of injuries or one really big injury, if you suddenly can't play... They will find a way to move on. I, you know, if, if Russell Wilson would have two or three just down years and, and they ultimately decide that it's not the offense, it's not the supporting cast, it's not the coach, it's not this, it's not that, it's him, yeah, you start thinking about your alternatives. But I think there's a confidence on both sides that's not going to happen with Russell Wilson. And usually with a franchise quarterback, both sides have a high degree of confidence that it's going to continue to work. I think one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson has it in his head that he wants that fully guaranteed deal, he knows at some level over the next six years, because he's got one year left on his current contract, there's a chance he becomes Cam Newton 
You know, Cam Newton never had one huge, catastrophic, how's he ever going to play again injury. It was a shoulder. It was a foot. It was, oh, the shoulder's still not right. i got to change my throwing motion. It was this. It was that. And then all of a sudden, he just isn't the guy he used to be. That's what could happen to Lamar Jackson. I think that's why he's pushing for a fully guaranteed deal. But that's the difference because for franchise quarterbacks, it doesn't need to be fully guaranteed except when you play the position the way Lamar Jackson does. Maybe you need to have that full guarantee. I can see that to some degree, Mike, but I I believe that if Lamar Jackson, and I don't know what he's he's asking for in this weird Byzantine bizarre (laughs) contract negotiation, non-negotiation, friendly, unfriendly, call from mom to Eric DaCosta. I I, I mean, we don't know what's going on, but, but I'll just, I'll just make one point about this. If he wants a fully guaranteed contract, just my opinion, I just don't think he's going to get it in Baltimore at the risk of saying, okay, play it out, franchise him. Uh, double franchise them the next year and then just let them go, what, whatever, H- however it works. I just don't think that Steve Bishotti would ever sign off on a fully guaranteed $250 million contract. I just don't see it. I just, I think, it, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it is highly, highly unlikely. So I think there's going to have to be a bridge built if that is indeed what Lamar Jackson will want or what his mom will want or what the NFLPA would push him to do. But as of now, I I don't see it happening. And I agree with you. But before I elaborate on that, I have to point out that our friend Todd sent an email early in the segment saying, now that Peter is back, will we get a Greek mythology reference or an English professor vocabulary word first? And Byzantine is the winner. So, we got the English professor word before the Greek mythology reference, so Todd got his answer before we even got to 7.30 a.m. Eastern. All right, um, as it relates to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and Steve Bashani, I think the fact that Russell Wilson's contract is not fully guaranteed will embolden the Ravens to say we're not doing it either because the whole, you know, you get the Watson deal, fully guaranteed. Kyler Murray, not. Russell Wilson, not. There's no way Bashadi, to your point, is going to be the one to let the pendulum go back the other way. The momentum now is on the side of Watson's deal being an aberration, being an accident, not a trend. So I think the Ravens dig in even harder. And Peter, the bridge is going to be put in place between player and team in Baltimore only if Lamar Jackson hires an agent. That's the only way to do it. And this is not, as I've said in the past, and I've said it on radio all week long, this is not a knock on Lamar Jackson. Any player in this specific type of negotiation, especially with such a strong sticking point of the player wanting a full guarantee like Sean Watson got for five years at $230 million and the, the team refusing to do it, you need that person in the middle who can get the best deal on the table from the team and then pivot back to the player and be the counselor. Be the one who has to speak a hard truth or two to the player about we're not going to get what we want, but we can't walk away from what we've got because what we've got is pretty damn good, and it's a hell of a lot better than playing for $23 million this year and taking the risk 
of injury and walking into this wilderness where you don't know what's going to be out there. And the Ravens have the ability to squat on you for two straight years if they want to. We should just take the deal, the best deal that the Ravens are putting on the table. Until that happens, and I don't know if it's going to happen. It needs to happen. But until that happens, I don't think they can get a deal done. I think it's going to be hard, but I also think when you talk about deadline spur action, I also think that, um, you know, this will be good for the Ravens and it will be good for Lamar Jackson that let's just say for the sake of argument that both Jackson and the Ravens say, hey, look, let's set a deadline the Friday before the start of the regular season. Because, look, all the Ravens have to do is go and beat the defending AFC champs on the road on the Sunday of the first week of the season. So it will be, to some degree, a relief, I think, both for uh, Harbaugh slash DaCosta slash Bashadi, and also for Lamar Jackson. And look, what's the worst thing in the world? Okay. I'll tell you what isn't the worst thing in the world having your quarterback uber motivated to go out and play great so that he can make even more money after the season. Mike, you know, how ironic is it that the biggest example of a quarterback who bet on himself was the last quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? (laughs) It was Joe Flacco, and it was one decade ago that he said, okay, fine said to Ozzie Newsom at the time, hey, look, I'm not going to do a deal right now, uh, and I'm going to wait till after this season. Maybe you guys will be proven right, and I'll have to sign somewhere for $12 million, or sign here for $12 million. But I have confidence in my ability. So what did he do one decade ago? He went out, and he won the Super Bowl. He put up 30-something points on the 49ers in that Super Bowl, and he then... The Ravens had to pay him the big money, something that I doubt at the time they felt great about, but they had no choice. They then had to make him the first $20 million a year player in NFL history. And look where the, 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 you know, the salary uh, scoreboard has taken us in just 10 years. It's gone up 150% in 10 years. And, but, but be that as it may, That's why if I am Lamar Jackson and I have the ultimate confidence in my ability and Mike, there are some eerie similarities then and now you look at these Ravens and almost everything on the injury front looks pretty damn good. Their corners are coming back. They're going to be able to face off against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, and T. Higgins at full strength a week from Sunday. And, and so, you know, I'm, I just think this team, especially now that there's a real chance that a real shot of adrenaline like David Ajabo can come in and really fortify that front seven, let's say, on November 1st. The Ravens, I think, are a real, have a real possibility to make a deep run this year. If they do make a deep run, that's going to be good for them and very good for Lamar Jackson. 
By the way, week one has a very exciting slate of games. Unfortunately, it does not include the Ravens at the Bengals. It's the Steelers at the Bengals. The Ravens oh, get my, the Jets. My fault. My fault. The Ravens Sorry. get the Jets, which and Joe Sorry. Flacco. And Joe Flacco. The, the reminder weird. on the other sideline to Lamar Jackson of what can happen to you, not, not in his current role as the backup quarterback, possibly starter week one for the Jets, but... You know, and it wasn't just that twenty million a year contract in early twenty thirteen, but the Ravens cap situation at the time forced them to structure it in a way that in a couple of years, I think three years later, they had to redo it for cap relief and once again make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, even though at the time he wasn't playing at that level. But that is the ultimate bet on yourself. But the reality of making a bet on yourself is there's a chance you're gonna lose that bet. There's a chance that that it's not going to happen. And we always root for guys to bet on themselves because we love it when there's a payoff. But when there isn't, we just kind of say, well, okay, we'll move along here because we don't want other guys to not bet on themselves. It's kind of fun to see guys bet on themselves. You know, it's kind of the American way. You take your you take your chance, you put yourself out there, and you see what happens. But there is a calculated risk that Lamar Jackson takes if he doesn't get his deal done. Russell Wilson was unwilling to take the calculated risk, and he also was unwilling to take so much money that it affected the ability of the Broncos to put a great team around him. Let's listen to a little bit from Russell Wilson's press conference yesterday on the impact of salary cap flexibility on his willingness to agree to a deal that only pays him $49 million per year in new money. I told George and I told Rich, I told uh, Mr. Penner himself, I said, you know, it's so important to me. You know, uh, this is the – I had an amazing first, you know, decade in my career. The next decade um, I'm really excited about. And so – to me, what it's really about is is being able to win championships and being able to have enough space in the salary cap so George can make his magic and we can get guys like Randy Gregory when he comes on the team or other great players, you know. And um, I, I think that we, w- we want to make this a destination location. I think that it's one of those things we have amazing tradition, an amazing football team. We got a lot of uh, amazing new faces, obviously, in the, in the Walton Pinner group, Mr. Rob Walton himself, Greg Pinner, uh, and Kerry. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Condoleezza Rice, Melody Hobson, Lewis Hamilton, I think, uh, Damani. Uh, I'm not sure where Damani went. He's b- b- over there, you know. Um, and so these are, these are uh, world-class visionaries and world-class executors and winners. And so I think that at the end of the day, um, you want to be surrounded by that. And uh, I think what's important, too, is making sure that you surround yourself around amazing players, you know. And so for me, uh, you know, I, I love these guys, man. We've, we've had them in a blast. It's been an amazing joy. And so... For me, it wasn't really about, you know, how much necessarily. It was about how many, how many Super Bowls we can win. Well, I mean, if that's the case, take $25 million a year, not $49 million a year. I mean, there is a point where that becomes a little ridiculous because he's still taking a deal that puts him close to the top of the market. And that's always the balance. You got Tom Brady on one end with the reputation he had for always taking far less than he could get if he really wanted to push it, and Peyton Manning on the other end, who never left an ounce of meat on the bone. And his attitude was, it's my job to get paid as much as I can. It's your job to manage the salary cap. And, and you know, where's Russell Wilson on that scale? But he's still getting a, a pretty healthy contract. He didn't push to become the highest paid player he didn't push for it to be fully guaranteed not that that affects the salary cap at all full guarantee is just a a different thing you can give a guy that that uh, enhances the perception 
of the deal, the value of the deal, because you know you're going to get every penny of it. But, you know, Peter, I keep coming back to something that I thought would have happened by now, and a couple of players have tried to make it happen. Kirk Cousins tried. Darrell Rivas once tried to do it. And if we're going to talk about salary cap flexibility, I still think this is the most fair approach. Give the, Especially if you're going to sign a guy for seven years. Guarantee that he's going to get a set percentage of the salary cap every year of the deal. 15.7362%. Whatever that number is you negotiate. You're always going to have the other 84.3678% of the cap available every dollar for other players. Your quarterback is protected against this contract becoming completely obsolete, but it is a fair pre-engineered slice of the pie that we know goes to the quarterback, and then the team has to use the rest of every cap dollar to put the team around him. That, to me, seems to be the perfect balance, but the teams won't do it. More, more importantly, the management council won't let them do it. It's a clear example of collusion hiding in plain sight by the league. Management council says don't do it, so the teams don't do it, because otherwise by now somebody would have done it. Hey, look, if that's what Jimmy and D Haslam thought they needed to do to get Deshaun Watson, they would have done it. But I think what what that was was basically understanding that the only way they're going to get him, uh, you know, is to pay him on the Mahomes scale and make it all guaranteed. That was the only way they had a chance. Otherwise, the three Southern teams would have battled it out and he'd probably be a member of the Atlanta Falcons today. But anyway, be that as it may, Mike, I agree with you that someday, I don't know when, but some team will feel so desperately uh, motivated to sign their quarterback long-term and to keep their quarterback that they'll agree to that. And some owner in the NFL will be disliked, maybe not, uh, in in the in the sort of person to person fraternity at league meetings when nobody really wants to be confrontational, but which is what happened this year with Jimmy Haslam. Nobody wanted to tell him, "Hey, what a dumb contract you signed." But that's how they all felt. It's just yeah, they sat behind know, his re- back instead, like everybody else. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but so, I, but I do think one day that's going to happen. I really do because. Some team will feel so desperate to get something done. And plus, Mike, you know what it is at the end of the day? It's all monopoly money. You know, if at some point in the next few years, they'll shrug their shoulders and say, eh, we're getting $350 million from TV for our media deals anyway. Let's just give quarterback X, uh, you know, a third of that. And let's just, be, or a quarter of that, and let's just be on our way. You know, I, I I, I understand that everybody said, oh, my God, the, you know, the, uh, the foundations, the pillars of the NFL are going to crack if anybody ever does that. It's not going to happen. At some point, anyway, players are going to continue to kind of build this, this quarterback wall, and it's going to go up and up and up, that how you actually disperse the money is really not going to be that big a deal. I remember in the aftermath of the Watson contract, J.C. Treder, the NFLPA president, posted an essay at the NFLPA website urging agents to push 
for fully guaranteed contracts in more settings and for more quarterbacks and other players. And you, know, you can push all you want. If the teams just aren't going to do it, if they are going to band together, if they're going to red rover the situation and lock arms and they're not letting anybody through, it doesn't matter. And that's how they reacted to the Deshaun Watson situation. The Watson situation was a unique example of a player having maximum leverage. Why? Because he basically created a free agency tour for himself somehow, had four teams at the table, told one of them, thank you, but leave. And that team became determined to do whatever it had to do to get him. And they did with a fully guaranteed contract. So everybody else huffs and puffs and they blow down the house as it relates to fully guaranteed deals because they just refused to do it. Michael Bidwell refused to do it with Kyler Murray. The Walton Penner group refused to do it if Russell Wilson even asked for it. And Steve Bashad is going to refuse to do it with Lamar Jackson. And there's no way Mike Brown's going to do it with Joe Burrow because he's not going to want to or be able to put that kind of money in escrow under the stupid-ass funding rule that that was put in place to protect players and is now being used against them to keep these deals from being fully guaranteed. So, you know, it's going to take, Peter, to your point, a really unique set of circumstances where a quarterback has maximum leverage to get a percentage of the cap, and then everybody else will say, it is stupid and we're not going to do it, and they'll refuse to do it. And it won't happen again until there's a unique situation where the planets line up just right and there's an owner who's willing to buckle in order to get that player. That's the only time this stuff's going to happen, and it's never going to become the trend that the NFLPA may want it to be. It's just not going to happen because there's always going to be the 31 other teams that say we're not going to, we're just not going to do it. You know, the other part of it, Mike, is that I don't sense any great solidarity among agents to die on that hill. It's just, it's not there. It just isn't there. You know why? Because they have their clients saying, I'm not going to get cut. Don't worry about it. And you know what? If I do get cut, there's going to be three or four suitors out there to sign me. Like Jared Goff's not going to say that, but Russell Wilson is. Russell, Mike, you said it exactly correctly about the guaranteed money earlier in the segment. And that is that I'm not saying what does Russell Wilson care. That's a little bit too, that's that's to say it blithely. But all I'm saying is Russell Wilson has enough confidence in himself. And that confidence is basically born of out of his performance in the first 10 years of his NFL career. And how quarterbacks more even... Even the quarterbacks who you don't necessarily think of as playing into their 40s. Look at all the quarterbacks who were playing great into their late 30s. Drew Brees did. Aaron Rodgers did. You watch Matt Ryan this year. I think he is going to play very well. Look at what Phillip Rivers did You know, as he went down the road. There aren't that many players. Ben Roethlisberger, who you know is not the paragon of fitness, you know, but but there are that's a very lot tactful of guys. and diplomatic. <laughs> there, there are a lot of guys, Mike, who basically say, "Listen, don't don't let's not go crazy about the guarantee. Just give me the best deal you can. Give me fifty five million up front or whatever the number is that I can put in my bank account tomorrow, 
and then we'll all live happily ever after. To me, smart quarterbacks are going to do that because they know that even if this team, after three years, cuts them, there's going to be a payday somewhere else. One last point, quick story, and then we got to take a break because you've hit the nail on the head. Mark Rogers makes not one extra penny on this deal if it's fully guaranteed, assuming that Russell Wilson doesn't get cut in the next seven years. He's still getting X percent of $296 million over seven years. If it's fully guaranteed or not, it doesn't change what he gets. And I think that's one of the reasons why the agents don't push for it. It doesn't get them a higher fee based upon one, two, three percent or some percentage point of that in between that they negotiate with the client as their as their fee. That's why the agents don't do it, I believe. And it reminds me of a story I once heard. and You may have heard this, too. I always love this story. There was a discussion between a front office type and an agent about trying to place a player a certain way, which team and hey, you want to try to get your guy in position to win a Super Bowl, don't you? And the response was, why? I don't get 3% of the ring. And that that is a motivator for a lot of agents. How do I get paid? And how does pushing for this or that affect my percentage? It's one of the realities. Everyone's got to have their eyes open about it when we do these negotiations because there are biases along those lines. But for the agents... They don't make another penny if it's fully guaranteed. So why not push for more dollars instead of a full guarantee? Because they get paid based on the full dollars. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Speaking of dollars, Jimmy G taking far fewer than he was supposed to. We met with reporters yesterday about his decision to stay put with the 49ers. We'll talk about that next on this Friday edition of PFT Live. 